Steve Dangle Podcast. Powered by Sports Interaction. Wanna bet? D-P-P. The Steve Dangle Podcast. With your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. It's supposed to be about Max Domi, but really, let's let's make the first trade video about Steve suit. What is this? I don't. What, what are you talking? What about? what is the suit thing? We don't, it, Je- Jesse has the proper suit on, which is a retro Jonas Gustafson jersey. Let's go! Bring yeah. back the band. Yeah, yeah. he's back. They yeah. got Gustafson back. They got Shen. They got Gustafson. Who else could they bring back? Jamie McClement. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the reason we're starting with the Domi name is because it's retro too, but it's Max Domi this time. Off to the Dallas Stars. Playoff bound. I mean, really, the uh, the Chicago, Chicago Blackhawks are tearing this down. But the tr- the deal looks like this: uh, the Stars are sending a second round pick in twenty twenty five, and Anton Hudobin of the Blackhawks, AHL goaltender Dylan Wells, will also head to Dallas. So, first, I guess we'll start with the Dallas Stars. What does Max Domi bring to the Dallas Stars here? I mean, the trade seems relatively fair given what the Blackhawks are trying to do. It yeah, it, I mean, a, a second round pick is good. A couple years down the road isn't uh exactly the best but you can always flip it and stuff like that here's here's how i i've started to think about it um 2025 is three drafts from now one two three and how long will it take a second round pick to make the nhl probably three more years at least i think if if you do do. very well right if you do very well it'll take another three years so we're talking about like a 2028 2029 Addition to the Blackhawks roster, okay, could end up being a star, but you're waiting quite a while to do that. Uh, Domi's had a great year in um, in Chicago, 18 goals, 49 points uh, in 60 games, and Chicago might have an opportunity to have their cake and eat it too, because I could easily see him going to Dallas, doing his work, and then re-signing right back in yep, Chicago. Yeah, because he seems to have loved it. Max Domi has become like a local hero there because he's loved playing in Chicago so much, and he's kind of the only guy there that seems to be around for a little bit. Well, and, and then he got traded. <laughs> and having a good time, and they got traded. So I could 100% see him coming back in the summer. And I think Chicago might be the best team of all time at tearing it down. Have we ever seen a team tear it down this impressively where you're even trading the young guys like Kirby Doc, who have talent, mm-hmm. who could stick around, but they're also just getting thrown out the window? So it's it's interesting you mentioned that. So I, I tore into the Arizona Coyotes a little bit because they have all these picks, but like you can't pick that many players. No, you simply can't. The Chicago Blackhawks are actually more up against it than the Coyotes are. And I was surprised to find that out. Um, so everyone knows about the 50 contract max. You're allowed to have a max of 50 contracts. You're only allowed to have 90 people in your organization. And the Coyotes have 70, which I believe is pretty high. The Blackhawks are already up at 75. Add to that, they have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 picks just this year. Two in the first round, four in the second round. I think what teams like Chicago and also Arizona could and should do is trade up. You straight up do not need that many picks. I know conventional wisdom says don't do that. You don't get the proper value back. But if you have an opportunity, if you're the Chicago Blackhawks to move up, I don't know, 10 spots 
uh, in the second round or or get into the first round, why not do it? Because you literally have too many picks. Oh, yeah. One thing I love doing as a general manager. Oh, shut uh, in, up. At my day job as a GM of, in a, of an NHL team, I love at draft day swapping my draft pick for a couple years down the line. So I'll just take, say I have a mid-round second, I'll just swap that for like a 2026 second. And like, if you have all these picks and you can't bring in these four prospects like the Blackhawks have in the second round, they four four second round picks, you can't bring in those four guys. You're not going to take all those four picks. So why not just put, kick it down the can? Maybe you're a little better in 2027 and that second round pick in 2027 can, turns into an asset. Guys, can we talk about the Max Domi part of this trade? Which That's, is This is the whole part no, of the trade. Not. Chicago tearing we, it down. What, what does he bring to Dallas? Can we talk about that? No. We're talking about a second well, round pick in 2025 we, we, and then Jesse's video game fantasies. Come on. No, here's what I want to talk with, about with Dallas. How is Dylan Wells going to get any playing time on their minor league team? Because he's got to beat out Matt Murray for a job. That's true. <laughs> they have a player named Matt Murray who's a goalie. And he's only a couple years apart in age. No, I. that's just a swap. And mm. Hudobin, it's it's a shame how far he's fallen off. And I just want to drive Adam out of his mind. You're driving no, me crazy. Uh, Wells is the important part of this trade. Very important. No, Max Domi, <laughs> is, uh, he's going to bring a scoring touch. Which a, Dallas... Can do, but they they still it's one uh, of their weaker points. It's it's one of their weaker points, and it's and it hasn't come easily for them recently. Joe Pavelski, I believe, last night had a point or two, but he hasn't scored a goal in like a month, something like that. Yeah, I think he had two goals in a game in mid January. I was looking this up last night, and he hasn't scored since. It's March, I believe. He went all of February. Without a goal. So you need more. And I know that as a Joe Pavelski fantasy holder, and I'm not waving you, Joe. I need you to score. And the weird thing about Joe is uh, you see the rare um, uh, extension where he takes a pay cut. Mm -hmm. So he's going down to three point something next year. Uh, But this year, the Dallas Stars have a real opportunity to go for a run in the West. It's not that impressive out there right now producer drew over there is going to be very upset about the avalanche but you got to admit the the opportunity is right there for them to at least go to the second round and then you have jake ottinger and who knows what happens maybe you get a little bit of you know uh puck luck and injury luck and jason robertson takes another step rupe hints takes another step exactly in the, in the playoffs mm-hmm. exactly. 18 game goalless drought for joe pavelski 18 games okay, well, again we're not focused on max domi here we're, ta- we're talking about Joel Pavelski. Do you think Tyler Sagan is earning his contract? So yeah. <laughs> no, no. But this is relevant because they're going out and getting guys like Dadnov and Domi who are not like high, high-end scorers. They're good. But they're, they're, they're the depth scoring that they maybe need. Yeah. Like, you, you look at the big names that have gone at this deadline. Like, th- those guys are B and C players. Dadnov had an immediate impact, and the Stars have to hope that Domi does too because they haven't done the greatest recently, but... Again, the West is right there for the taking. Here's the uh, the top six without Domi in it, assuming he he does. You got Robertson, Hintz, uh, uh, Pavelski, Ben, Wyatt Johnson, Dadnoff, and then actually the third line, Marchman, Sagan, uh, and I would imagine Domi, but Deldria is, is in there right now. Delandria. No, sorry, Delandria. That is a that's a spectacular and painful grinding sort of lineup. Like that is that's a lineup that wears you down. Yeah, we we talk about how the Bruins became more of the Bruins. The the stars become more of the stars uh, by getting Max Domi. I think he's he's gonna. 
What 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 is it? He's gonna get on like a house on fire. That's something like that. So something yeah. like that. That feels like an Adam Wildism for sure. Yeah. If it's eighty years old, it is. Uh, and don't worry, we'll have more on the Bruins. This is just the first on the STPN trade deadline special. Jesse, anything else to add about your fake GM? Where, uh, where, the Bruins. The Bruins. Oh, we got stuff to talk about with the Bruins. I'm so hot in this jacket. <laughs> Oilers make another move. Last night, uh, they acquired Nick Bukestad from the Coyotes, who don't really exist actually anymore, but we'll save that for another video. Uh, Nick Bukestad is a guy that signed in Arizona. He, he asked Bill Armstrong, hey, listen, let me sign here. Let me get my game back. And it looks like he has. And, you know, but useful player for the Edmonton Oilers, which, you know, have been talking about all deadline how impossible it is to get any trades done. So what do you think Nick Bukestad brings to the Oilers? I mean... Uh Forget the Oilers. This is about Bugstad and winning the lottery. Uh, he gets to be a winger on the Edmonton Oilers. Um, you know, I've been higher on them than most for some reason uh, recently, but uh, I, I think he has a real good chance uh, at winning the, the, the Stanley Cup. Um, right now, they got a little bit of uh, injury trouble, but uh, like I'm just looking at them on daily faceoff. Top line, Hyman McDavid. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Dirt. And you would imagine Evander Kane's on that line. Eventually. Yeah, but then like Derek Ryan. Okay, second line. Yeah. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Leon Dreisaitl. Oh my God. Kayla Yamamoto. Warren Vogel, Ryan McLeod, Matthias Yanmark. And yeah. There is a real opportunity here for him. I had a little Babcock there. Opportunity. Um, Daily Faceoff has him slotted in as the fourth line center, which I find fascinating. Um, and I mean, he could be very good there. And maybe Derek Ryan's exactly what they need up front in absence of. Evander Kane, but to be a forward on the Edmonton Oilers, it's exactly what they need. And heading into a contract year where you're already doing pretty well. Oh yeah. It's a good audition. The doctor ordered. Good to play oh, near yeah. McDavid and Dreisaitl in the playoffs when you're auditioning for a new contract, right? You're, you're an injury or a coach's decision away with, uh, from playing with the best player on earth. Right. Right. Now, um, when you saw Gene Principe interviewed, uh, Ken Holland in the intermission, of the Leafs game against the Oilers the other night. And Ken Holland uh, seemed about as happy as you would imagine. Matias Ekholm had just, just uh, you know, been announced. Um, what do you think about the Oilers additions? And did they do enough? Because there's a lot of questions about the right side of their defense. Uh, I look at the right side of their entire team. Uh, I do really like, <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like I, I do really like Evan Bouchard, but like, we just talked about the the weakness on the wings. They do have some guys who can play both, so I'm not going to totally write it off. And uh, I think we saw firsthand in that game, it's bloody chaos um, when when they attack you. So I don't know how much it matters what position they come at you from mm -hmm. because, you know, it's just sort of Connor McDavid and everyone, all right, get behind him, get on his back. Um, but Ekholm, I think, is exactly what they needed. Um, you know, there's some talk about the contract and, uh, listen, they, they did a masterful job, uh, with their cap. I believe they have exactly $0 in cap space left. Wow. So that, why did the predators retain 4%? That's probably why it's just something Ken Holland insisted on, on getting the deal done. And that's how David Poyle was able to get his price because, uh, it wasn't going to get done otherwise. It's a bit of a bummer though, that you know, that they have to subtract Tyson Berry. Well, I feel bad for Tyson Berry, but it's a bummer for the yeah. Oilers too, because yeah. he really could have been, as much as he's got his defensive warts, could have been quite valuable for this run. And, you know, at the end of the day, depth is depth. You look at some of the other teams that have made a lot of moves here. You look at the Rangers, they're a bit of a special situation because of the Kane 
a situation, but you look at the Leafs and the moves they've made, and they are in just as much cap trouble as the Edmonton Oilers are. But everyone is. Uh, yeah, but they were able to make moves and not subtract from their NHL roster. Uh, and I think that's the that's the the one question I would have with the Oilers is, you know, not that Tyson Berry is going to make or break, but when you get into the playoffs, you need defensemen seven or eight to jump in there. You know, Tyson Berry is a top four guy. Ah. Uh, he's he's top four offensively. He's a fascinating player, right? Like elite power play one guy, not great five on five. He mm-hmm. He can move the puck. He's just not really good at defending. And it's funny that just a few weeks ago, we were talking about you have this amazing guy on this amazing power play and it could improve. It could get even better by getting Eric Carlson. And then they actually subtracted from the position uh, because Ekholm isn't that mm-hmm. um, they didn't get him for that purpose. He doesn't need to be, uh, but it's a huge opportunity for Eric uh, Evan, sorry, Bouchard um, who really has shown flashes early in his career, but it's it's got to be a confidence booster for him that the team believes in him enough to kick a guy out the door to give him an enormous opportunity. Jesse, if you're an Oilers fan, do you think that Ken Holland's done enough? Right now, no. I, I've seen a lot of Oilers fans not happy with Ekholm because of the contract. It's $6 million for another four years, which if you have three, Connor... Three. three. Three years. Yeah, three years. Well, after this. Because he's yes. still four, yeah, yeah, so yeah. four years currently, right? Um you have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Who cares about the next three years in that contract? Figure it out when you get there. I think that's how Ken Holland should be acting at all times. And this is a, a move in that direction where you're like, I don't care about the future. We need this help right now. I hope he does more because as uh, Steve outlined, that entire right side of the team essentially isn't up to par of where it should be. You should be able to find all the assets you need to help those guys up front win a couple rounds against the Stanley Cup final. You know, they this is a team that went to the Western Conference final last year. And it mm. feels like they didn't do that. It feels like they have they've never done it. But they did they have they've gotten right there. I wonder if Ken Holland's stupid like a fox. Because he had like less than a week ago that interview where he's like Evander Kane is going to be our trade deadline acquisition and everyone lost their mind and he's like, okay, how about Ekholm and Bugstad? And everyone <laughs> went, whew Oh, thank goodness. There's something. Uh, I, I don't know. At home addresses an immediate need. Yes, so I do think that's good. The other immediate need is goaltending, but you have a goalie there who's got to be the answer to it. It's got to be Stuart Skinner or Jack Campbell has to get his ish together. Yeah, I Most teams are screwed if their starter gets hurt. And to me, in my mind, it's Stuart Skinner. So I'm I'm willing to give him that. Okay. Yeah. So so lastly, I think on the Oilers for now is this is my favorite part of the day. As, as of the recording of this video, which is even before noon, um, you know, the Oilers, um, the, the Oilers have said that they're done. Mm-hmm. The Senators have said that they're done. Um, they, they're, they're, they're leaking into the insiders right now. We're done. We're not doing this. We're, we're, we're good. Um, do you believe them? Mm, Oilers, I do believe. Yeah. Because yeah. I think the math is not mathing. I believe <laughs> both of those teams. I they're think done. they're done. Yeah. Because okay. yeah. some guys will come out and they'll say we're done and then they'll make a trade. Yeah. I don't. The it's going to be as quiet a day as people predict. There's nothing there. Like, there's no cap room. Unless they're taking things off their roster, which I don't think they're doing, then they can't make a trade. Right. And you it's know? difficult to do. Okay. So that wraps it for this. But we've got a lot more. There are going to be videos all day. Get ready. It's SDPN trade deadline. I mean, Steve already did a Bertuzzi reaction video, but I figured we needed to do one, too. Yeah, I guess it wasn't good enough. Because it was because nope. Bertuzzi, another Ross Boston. Garbage. Another Ross. They got several Ross Bostons at the deadline. Oh, my God. Um, but, I mean, it's like Bertuzzi, 
and Hathaway and Marshan on the same team sucks. Now, the reason Boston was able to do this is they got two key injuries. Felino, they don't know how far how long he's going to be gone. And Taylor Hall, which is the more concerning one because uh, he's apparently seeking a second opinion. That is not hey. good. Uh, so any, anytime there's a second opinion, it's not good. But I wanted to play these clips for you. <laughs> who, who tweeted about the, they're looking for a second opinion uh, from a doctor who went to school of playoffs? Oh, no, oh, wow. the, the school of cap management. Oh. I was acting a fool. In yeah. a very good tweet. Very funny. <laughs> yeah. He'll be back. For sure he'll be back. But I wanted to play. So, so they asked Jim Montgomery, hey, what was your reaction when the GM tells you that, that you know, you got Tyler Bertuzzi? Can you please play this for us? What did Monty say? This is this is Jimmy Monty Burns. My first reaction was boom. I stuck out my knuckles to him. So I was happy. My first <laughs> God, he's the perfect boom. coach for that boom. Boom. I stuck out my knuckles to him. <laughs> like boom. He doesn't even say props. He just I stuck out my knuckles boom. to him. Boom. <laughs> Nucky sage. <laughs> Now he's oh, absolutely gosh. thrilled and he should be. I mean, all the way through the lineup. He did go on to say that they're going to be a really tough out, which they were going to be anyway. Uh... Uh, oh, yeah. Well, and, and, I, and I think what people are kind of forgetting with Boston is they get all this injury insurance is the way their season began. You know, part of the reason that this season from Boston has been a bit of a surprise, I was higher on them than most, but I, I didn't think they were going to do this. I think I thought they were going to be third in the division, maybe wild card, um, which is maybe more generous than some. But they began the season without McAvoy, without Marshan, and I, and I believe there was someone else. But those two are significant enough. You're talking about your best defender and your best left winger, mm -hmm. at very least, and your least likable person if you're on the other team. Uh, all those things combined in Brad Marshan. So the they're able to survive these injuries. I think they would have been fine. But the fact that they have the insurance there, and then once everyone's back, they're just going to be stronger ridiculous sucks are the boston bruins just a really good defensive team with a goalie who can stand on his head uh no okay why what was that a thing i was just asking no there's a little there's a little uh pushback on the bruins after allmark had that great game where they got outshot it was like 49 to 15 or whatever it was more than that yeah it, it was, was more than that ridiculous and all marks on his head and, and the bruins still won and all are that we, so a little yeah, pushback on that usually propped up by their goal are tending. we taking are we taking things away from teams now that have good goalie right and the the idea that like what having a good goalie can't just be a part of your team is a ridiculous way to think well, yeah you, sorry <laughs> avalanche and devils and you, you know you got to give them all back yeah, yeah. no you can't have you gotta give ball. them all back no. yeah no win the cup without power Patrick Watt. No, no he can't have brother. Yeah, yeah, he's up there. But and Swayman, Swayman deserves so much credit here because they they flip flop every game. Like Omar doesn't really start multiple games in a row. Swayman, uh, he is was in there all the time. He was for a while. Yeah. Now they're they're Swayman starting too many games as a Linus Olmark fantasy holder. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, the Swayman Olmark uh, uh, secret handshake too at the end of every. Oh, uh, beautiful! It's the best. Beautiful. The vibes are absolutely immaculate yeah. on that team and. No, the, the idea that they rely on goaltending is re they rely on goaltending for secondary scoring is, is what they rely on uh, with Linus Olmark <laughs> in net. Yeah, oh, my God. But um, no, the idea that they rely on scoring is ridiculous. Like, how many times have they won like that? And by the way, did anyone pay attention to the next game after that? They stomped the Sabres into the Earth's crust. It was like, what, 7-1? Seven, 7-1, seven, one? One, yeah. That's a team fighting for their playoff lives. Every game is the most important game since the last, and they got Steve. killed. Steve, once again, only one goal allowed. All they had to do was was put up mm. two goals, and they would have won right. because wow. 
They're actually not good. I Maybe wish- that's why they're leading the NHL by 15 fastest over the second team, place team. Fastest, fastest team ever to 100 points. That's that's stupid. Well, and they don't deserve it because it's all it's the goalies <laughs> problem. I, one thing I do want to add in here at the end is what's been surprising is Rana, Ronick, and Bertuzzi for Detroit have all been jettisoned when Detroit is five points out of a you know of of a spot. Now they are behind the Caps, they are behind Panthers, Ottawa, and Buffalo, but really they're a point behind all of the teams I just mentioned. And the you know, obviously the next closest team is the Islanders with 70 points, but Detroit has three games in hand on the Islanders. I mean, the, the Detroit could make the playoffs after doing all this, which I think is pretty spectacular. They could. They could. Likely not, but come on. The Sens are charging hard. Yeah, and, and this is the problem. Uh, Steve Eiserman, you know, we, we talk about sample size and don't make rash decisions. And Steve Eiserman, I think, has seen enough playoff hockey in his life as a player and as an executive to take a lot from two games. Yep. They played two games in Ottawa. Lose 6-2. All right, next night we're coming back, and we're going to beat them. We're going to show them, and we're going to at least even it up, catch them in the race. 6-1, Ottawa. I think, I um, I imagine, I mean, that's a very convenient time to have those two games happen. Do you not think that it's, it's in just terms of Stevie Eisman being ice cold? It's him being ice cold and, and also. about the rebuild? Yeah, correct. He like, knows. Like, look what they got. Look what they got. They they got a, a windfall for Bertuzzi. They got a windfall for Hironic. What we, are the Canucks thinking? We'll, we'll do another we'll, video on that. We need to do a video on just the, the Ronick uh, uh, yeah. uh, reaction. And Vrana, which I think that deal is wonderful for the Blues. We'll get to that. Um, unfortunately, it w- it seemed very obvious it just wasn't going to work in Detroit. So he, c- he cut bait. And you got to know when to do that. And you can give an extension to someone now. You can bring in a free agent, which they had no trouble doing last summer. Uh, the Red Wings are going to be a problem in pretty short order. Uh, one last thing I'd like to play. After signing his gigantic extension, Dylan Larkin's reaction to Tyler Bertuzzi's trade. And this is the human side of the trade deadline. Jesse, can you go ahead and play it? You know, it, it, it hurts. And he's one of my best friends. And uh... <sighs> Sorry. It hurts. Wow. So let let me tell you something about uh, guys crying. He was fine until he paused. Don't pause. Don't pause. Power through it. Say whatever you need to. Oatmeal, bicycle, like like just get through it. The second he said, ha, it was over. Yeah, I mean, this is this is what I've been trying to get across uh, this week. Is it's a really emotional week. Um, you, you look at the uh, how emotional Dylan Larkin was. Like that guy just got millions and millions of dollars. He got generational wealth. He's sad because he's a human being. His his friend left. Kopitar, uh, Doughty looking devastated. Um, what about Jonathan Quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kane said that he wasn't traded and then really happy that he was. Yeah. You know, um, I was wondering too, like uh, my wife and I were talking about Luke Shen was interviewed at the uh, intermission and I said, you know, his wife's about to have a baby and mm-hmm, she's like, yep. I would kill you <laughs> if oh. you left. And I said, I get that, but they probably had that, had to have that conversation at the beginning of the year when they found out and saying, Hey, like this is a possibility. Oh, as soon as what they saw the do? blue line. Yeah. Oh, 
that's <laughs> what it's March 3rd. Yeah. Mm, okay. It's, it's a really, uh, high octane, high emotion time of year. And, uh, I, even though the playoff race is so vicious, I, I do think it's a time of year you got to give some players some grace. I saw an interview with uh, Kirill Kaprizov, and he was absolutely bawling his eyes out at Ryan O'Reilly leaving, and he was just absolutely devastated. I know, I know. The Coyotes organization was really upset about Patrick Kane leaving. <laughs> You're such a... I was like, O'Reilly never played for the Wild. Oh, uh, he did. Oh. He was a member. For half an hour, he was a Wild. That's right. Nick Schmaltz, he cried when uh, Patrick Kane left. That's right. It's again, how did you get me again? I got up way too early this morning. Let me get a few more of these in me. I'll be great, I promise. We got more videos coming. It's SDPN trade deadline. The Vancouver Canucks traded for a guy. A, a good guy. A good guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they traded the first round pick that they got for Bo Horvat for the guy. It's noted Alan Walsh. Climate. There it is. Phil- yeah. Which we're always thrilled for. He's 25 years old. He's a good defenseman. Um, and he's got another year left on his contract beca- before becoming an RFA. But as of right now, the Canucks are over the salary cap for next year, which is uh, completely mind blowing. The so, joke. So, so this is the question. Uh, apparently, by the way, Pittsburgh was in on JT Miller before they made their Nick Benino trade, which I had heard. And people got the upset. trade must have fallen apart. What's, so what must I, have. Here's here's what I what what I heard of the reports out of Vancouver this morning, and this is the part that doesn't make sense to me, guys. Mm-hmm. Is Vancouver has the, the the management group there has said, listen, we are not rebuilding. Mm-hmm. They've come out and they've said it. We're not rebuilding. We are retooling. Mm-hmm. Now, to me, when you retool, you have to have been good, <laughs> right? To me, a retool is we were good. We're going to do a quick turnaround like the St. Louis Blues are, and that you're going to retool and be good again. The Vancouver, Vancouver Canucks, you're retooling a car that was already unreliable. And you just signed JT Miller to this contract. Now you're trying to trade him. Now you're getting Philip. Vancouver fans really just don't know how to, what to make of this. What's going on? So, okay. Uh, a lot of Canucks fans have gotten uh, nothing but negative, negative, negative o- over the last few days. Mm-hmm. Let me help you out okay. with a little bit of positive. Number one, you needed a guy really, 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 really badly on the right side of your defense. You got him in Philip Hronick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke Shen was playing a lot with Quinn Hughes. Now, if you want, you can go Quinn Hughes, Philip Hronick, forever on that. That's pretty great. That's mm-hmm. pretty great. Like or you that. could have Quinn Hughes on one pair, Hronick on the next, and all of a sudden, you're moving the puck around really well, consistently. You don't have to wait for Quinn Hughes to do absolutely everything. So that's good. You address a need. That's good. What did it cost? Listen. Let's focus on being in a good mood. <laughs> All right. I mean, that first round pick could have been pretty valuable. Could have oh, been yeah. pretty valuable. It might even be Philip Ronick. You know what uh, I mean? I see, but, so uh, there's, there's the window in reality and there's the window in your mind. And they don't want to wait that long. So they pick a guy this year. Let's say it's pick a number at random 21st overall. How long until that guy is in your lineup and how long until he is an impactful player in your lineup. Now here's the other good news potentially for um, the salary cap, because again, they're over the salary cap and that is wild. I took a look at Tyler Myers contract and with the Vancouver Canucks uh, and with the trade deadline, Canucks fans aren't alone in this. There's a lot of fans thinking this way. You think that things have to get done now. They have to get done immediately. That's not true. They could be done at the draft, but for the Canucks, I think 
uh, the salary cap uh, gets solved after the draft. I think it gets solved after day one of free agency and day one of signing bonuses being handed out. Tyler Myers' contract for next season is $6 million total, $5 million of which is signing bonus. So if the Canucks really want to get out of cap hell, Francesco Aquilini is going to have to get out his pocketbook and make a decision he's probably not going to like, cut a $5 million check to Tyler Myers, and trade him, trade him, and to who? Arizona. Exactly. Yeah. Now, I, I, okay. But so what's it going to cost you? You already got rid of the first. (laughs) The thing about the Canucks and the way they're going about their business is whether or not you agree with doing it, I understand it. I completely understand what they're trying to do here because they have very talented, high-end players who are in their mid-20s. Elias Pettersson is having an unreal year. And if Vancouver Canucks were good right now, that dude could be in the contention for the Hart Trophy. And a but full season of Thatcher Demko. I still... A healthy Thatcher Demko. The, the next this, three this players, team? guys, the next three players that are on that list are players they're hoping move today or at the draft. Brock Besser, mm-hmm. JT Miller, and Connor Garland. Yeah. No, but I'm talking... like They're they, trying to move them today. But they also have, like, Quinn Hughes. I, I know, but then what else? And then Roenick, I guess. But, like... I, I, the talent on this team ah. keeps fooling me. Year in and year out. They they, they desperately need Thatcher Demko back and yes, returning to form, but they also desperately need to get better on D. And with the Heronic deal, they at very least did that. <clears throat> they do. They do. They at very least did that. They need to work on that Myers deal. I don't know how you do it, but unfortunately for Canucks fans, you're going to have to wait for July. Do you think anybody takes uh, a flyer on Brock Besser? He's obviously had injuries. 6.65 million guys. What do you think? Does he move today? They're trying. <sighs> Today, I just Not feel like today. it's possible, yeah. but again, like the Canucks have so much money to move around. This feels like the sort of deal uh, that could happen at the draft. Mm-hmm. It could happen in uh, in July or consider this. And a lot of people forget this about the trade deadline. There is no trade deadline. Yes. It's it's just a deadline for playoff teams, playoff teams. So any team tomorrow, the day after the trade deadline can trade for Brock Besser. He's just not eligible to trade uh, to play in the playoffs. Well, what if you laid the groundwork for a deal that trades Brock Besser to a team that is not currently in a playoff spot? What if it's a team that's on its way up? What if it's a team like Detroit who just loaded up on a bunch of assets? What if it's a team like uh, Buffalo who's sort of on the playoff bubble outside? But they're five and five in, in the last ten. I think, I think, looking, I think you got away together. from something very smart that you were saying. You were saying that the Vancouver Canucks have a whole bunch of time to make these deals. They yes. don't need to do this at no. the trade deadline or post trade deadline, the midseason, to somebody who's not making the playoffs. No. They can make they can make that Besser trade at the draft. They can do it post free agency, and I think that's what they're going to be doing. It's it's going to be a long retool for the Canucks because they have the benefit of time because all these guys they want to move are locked up. Canuck fans are looking at the two of you right now and going, "You idiots!" Benefit of time been a decade since this team has done anything if i'm a vancouver canuck fan <laughs> no what and 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 so so for me as the fan i'm like yeah. bro you don't have the benefit of time it's i'm been, gonna lose my mind it's been over 10 here. months since this regime's been in in their offices you're right Th- they this, haven't had the time th- this is what canucks fans have been saying to me uh, since i kept saying well what's the next shoe to drop we're looking at this logically we're looking at this the way <laughs> most teams look at this the vancouver canucks don't operate like most teams. Most teams don't trade that Islanders pick. 
They don't even think about it. And again, I understand why you did it. And maybe Heronic wouldn't have been available. I, <laughs> that Islanders pick could have been anything. It could have been Heronic. Could well, been and, that's, yeah, yeah. and you got a very talented young player who can help you win with this a little bit of the core that you're trying to build. But as was pointed out on the CJ show, unfortunately, he helps you win now. Yeah, which unless he's <laughs> out because I believe he was injured in his last game as a Red Wing. He was leaving with a sling. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I wonder if that's one of those injury moves that gets scrutinized by Gary Bettman, like he was he was talking about, because that helps you win by losing. Yeah. You don't want to win now because you want a higher draft pick, but the Canucks also want a nice young player because they want to win next year. Well, I, with Demko coming back, I don't know if they're bad enough to like really contend with the truly crap teams. But like, <laughs> you're right there. Yeah, you're right there. I don't know. Keep sucking. I believe in you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so we know also about JT Miller. Okay, mm-hmm. JT Miller uh, was supposed to maybe get traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins last night, uh, and we're going to do a whole feature on Pittsburgh. But what happened? Well, he was week to week and came back after a week. I think a deal fell through. What was the deal? I don't know, but I mean. But you had heard something into the Penguins. Where, where, where there's, I heard they're trying to move Miller in the worst way they are. Um, there was smoke with the Penguins. I didn't hear a ton there, um, but I, I do know they were trying to get something done with Miller. I believe, I mean, two things can be true. He, he could have been injured uh, and traded. I just, you know, he came back on that John Cena timeline. Where, uh, you know, oh, he's back in time for the Royal Rumble. They said he'd be out eight months or whatever. Um, he, he came back very quick. I think there was a deal in place. I think it fell through, and I think it was with Pittsburgh. Breaking Did. news, the Canucks have made a trade. Oh, yeah. Curtis Lazar is uh, now a New Jersey Devil. Oh, okay. Uh, What's the deal? For a fourth round pick in 2024. Sorry to interrupt. I oh, no, I was going to say, did the Pittsburgh Penguins save themselves from themselves by not trading for JT Miller? But. Well, I mean, the, pe- the Penguins fans are going to lose their minds, too. And in there, do they want him? Uh, I mean, I think they want something. That's the problem. And we'll, we'll talk about that in our next video, which will be about the Penguins. Penguins fans are really frustrated with management at the moment. Well, we talked about their, their cap situation uh, for next year. Moving Lazar off the books clears a million uh, for the rest of this season, next season, and the season after. So there you go. So there's some... Curtis Lazar has five points in 45. Is this officially the Curtis Lazar trade video? I think it is. That's going to be the big headline that gets people to watch. Drew, is that? That's that's, uh, that's going to be big for SEO, right? Exactly. That's that's Curtis Lazar trade video. Fourth round pick. Let's go. Penguins next on SDPN trade deadline. They couldn't make JT Miller happen, but they did make Benino, Benino, Benino happen. Nick Benino back to the Pittsburgh Penguins. What do we think about this move other than the nostalgia factor? Because obviously that's going to play a part. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> the Penguins' whole theme of this past offseason was keeping the band together. Um, and this is getting the band back together, right? So it's a good vibes move. And maybe when you have that kind of talent, that's all you need. I know it's not all you need, Penguins fans. Don't freak out. But... um I cringe to think, Penguins fans, what that JT Miller deal would have been. Like, you mean probably roster player, probably prospect. Uh, all sorts. Draft picks. Draft pick. Yeah, but everything. Isn't, but isn't that the exactly the kind? Because Pittsburgh fa- Penguins fans are really frustrated with Hextall and Burke right now. They're, they're upset with management because it's like, listen, 
we don't have a choice but to be all in. You've signed Malkin, you've signed Latang, and you've signed Crosby. They're they're here till the end. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how can we not be all the way in? Well, maybe they're not done. I mean, they've they've gone out and gotten Granlund, and I know that's not a sexy name, but it's something. They went out and got Benito, and I know that's not the sexiest name, but you went out and got something. There's three hours left to cook, right? Ron Hextall is up against it. Um, Brian Burke is up against it. Here's, here's what I wonder. Cause we were just talking off mic. You're probably going to play the Bruins or one of the devils and hurricanes off chance of the Rangers. But like, if you finish in that second wild card spot, you're playing the Bruins. Does it make sense to go all in? You're going to get killed. Now, Producer Drew made the great point of pointing out that's what we all thought for Columbus Tampa. Yes. So once yes. the playoffs start, you never know what's going to happen. And it's do you bet against Crosby in the playoffs? No, but I don't bet against the Bruins in the playoffs either. Here's mm. here's where they've gotten bit. They had a lead against the Rangers last year, as as we spoke about uh, off mic. I think for last show, they had a lead uh, on the Rangers, blew it. People forget that. People forget that. And then where did the Rangers go? All the way to the East Final. Final four. They had uh, a lead against the Islanders, or at very least were better than the Islanders, mm-hmm. and they blew it. Where'd they go? Uh, East Final. East Final. So there's a perception of this team that, you know, that they're never going to get back to where they were, and they haven't won a playoff round since they won the Cup, and that was years ago. They should have. They really should have. And I know that's little comfort. But it makes me wonder if they're better than we assume they are. Okay. And, 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 you know, you can understand that in the playoffs, you know, how that would be the case, right? They've got that experience. They've got top-end talent. Sidney Crosby in his, you know, mid-30s is still, you know, top two, top three player in the league. I think it's just the question is, um, you know, Steve, you, you make the, the point about the Boston Bruins. Okay, you're going to get in, you're going to play the Boston Bruins, or you're going to play the Carolina Hurricanes, right? That's tough. That's a really, really tough matchup. Um, but isn't that sort of always going to be the case for Pittsburgh from here on out? I mean, th- is there an easy matchup in, Not in, the, in the in the East? No, exactly. I, I think a lot of this, you know, you talk about playoff Crosby, playoff Malkin, and they're adding guys, and all of that's good. A lot of it comes down to Tristan Jari, who's got the best numbers for a goalie. I'm not even convinced is elite uh, that I've ever seen. Like he makes so many. St- Strange mistakes, and that was that was the problem with uh, the last Islanders series. Is uh, he had a couple? If you're a goaltender, tend the goal moments that ended up costing the Penguins games and series uh, against a team that maybe wasn't as good as them, but they had a system that worked and a better goalie. He's a 9.20 goalie right now. They need him to be that, and he may be taxed with being better than the guy who's going to end up winning the Vesna Trophy. So I understand wanting to go all in. You got to be careful here. Like, like JT Miller was the rumor. Yeah. Right. JT Miller is signed for eight years after this. Yes. One, right. So if the Penguins are going to make an addition today, it's got to be forward thinking. It's got to be something that can help you beat one of those monsters in the East. And if you don't, you have something that makes you competitive next year. And too. JT Miller would have been that. He would have been that. Besser would have been that. Garland would have been that. There's other guys out there. I wonder if they're done, though, after Benino. Very, very interesting. I th- as much as I love the New York Rangers, I think it's fair to say that if 
the Pittsburgh Penguins had the goaltending that they have from Tristan Jari right now, now that he's back and he's not injured anymore, they would have won that series. They would have beat the Rangers last year with some competent goaltending because Casey, Casey Dismiss wasn't the answer. And then who was injured and they brought in Alan Walsh client? Oh, Yan Ruda? Yeah. Uh, no, goaltender. goaltender. Oh, uh, oh, Louis Domingue. Louis Domingue. You guys don't remember when he ate the sandwich or whatever? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. So they bring yes. in Louis Domingue, Domingue because yeah. they're so, they didn't have anything, you know? And then they bring in Louis Domingue and it wasn't the answer. So I think if they win that series, the entire outlook on the Penguins is completely different. They do need a better option than Casey DeSmith as backup. So maybe that's something they do today. Maybe that's the move. But the goaltending's not out there right now in the market. Rhymer. James Reimer, and maybe you do another deal with the Sharks. Still available. Ooh. If they wanted James Reimer, maybe it should have been in that Benino deal. I would have think if they wanted him, they would have got it done already. But I just, I just want to see him be happy. That's all <laughs> I want. I don't know. I, I'm scared of the Penguins if they make the playoffs. You know, they could beat sneaky. any team. They're sneaky. Well, they're the Pens. I don't know how. Here's the funny thing about the Pens is that they've done this for years. They've had these talented players for years. And, and yet we're going to call them sneaky. Sidney Crosby's on that team. What's sneaky about that? You know what I mean? But it's, it's true. Very, very true. Uh, STPN trade deadline continues. We'll follow the action when it actually starts today. Because honestly, there hasn't been a whole lot. Curtis Lazar, how dare you? Hey, think you know which way it's going to go? Make your bet at Sports Interaction. Whatever your sport, Sports Interaction has you covered pregame. Live betting on all major sports. And of course, prop bets. Who doesn't love those? Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. I don't know how Jets fans feel. Like the big names that were associated with them this morning were Logan Stanley, who's one of their own, who apparently asked for a trade out of town. Some Jets fans, including uh, our uh, Game Over host Brady, is thrilled about that. Yeah, yeah and Steve, him and Liss, they don't like him. Steve doesn't like it because I think Logan Stanley's okay because he's a giant man who's 6'7 and can stand on the ice as a 6'7 man. There he's you go. Like and that's people it. who are tall and useless. That's why I like him. The other all thing is, useless like me. Uh, they had they were linked to James Van Riemsdyk, which, uh, to be honest with you, James Van Riemsdyk in his prime was a spectacular NHL player. But now he's sort of like a power play specialist, stand in front of the net, tip the puck kind of guy on the last year of his contract. So he, here's the funny thing with James Van Riemsdyk: he has nine goals, right? Mm -hmm. He only has nine goals this season. So we're talking about a power play specialist who only has nine goals. He has as many goals as Tyler Bertuzzi and Tanner Janot have combined. <laughs> wow. And both of those dudes went for first round picks. So it's about fit. It's about what you have left in the tank. Um, but I, I mean, that's, that's another, that's conversation another conversation because he's Vlad, not going there. Vlad Nemesnikov uh, goes from the San Jose Sharks, who I forgot even acquired him. Um, he was a Tampa Bay Lightning until a few days ago. Then he was San Jose Sharks. And by the way, if you're Vlad Nemesnikov, you got to be thrilled because you were going to the playoffs. You were going to be on Tampa. This is sick. And now you are going to a very, very good Winnipeg Jets team. Do you think that, I mean, obviously he's a versatile forward. He's, your, he's in your bottom six. What does he bring to this team and does it actually move the needle? Well, uh, the cap friendly has him listed as all three positions uh, up front. I haven't really seen him at center. Uh, no, I haven't really seen him uh, at center. But uh, I mean, when has cap friendly ever been wrong? <laughs> he hasn't gotten a lot of points this season. He's only got 15 and 57 games, but that was buried uh, on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, maybe he'll get more of an opportunity uh, in Winnipeg and uh, for Winnipeg. He comes at a lower cost. Thank you to uh, social lead Justin Fisher over there for pointing this out that uh, when Tampa traded him to San Jose, 
Um, they retained, uh, I believe it was half of mm-hmm. his salary uh, in and around there. So they're getting him for 2.5, 2 point something. 1.25. 1.25. Yeah, it was 2.5 and then now it was half retained. That's so where I was deal confused. So now his 1.25. That's where I was confused. Okay. <laughs> so it's, it's at a, a very low cost. But there was an interesting little part of this that Brady pointed out. Brady, our, our game over Winnipeg host. Michael Ismont who Nemestikov was traded for, right? He was a Winnipeg Jet when the season began. The Winnipeg Jets placed him on waivers. San Jose picked him up. He had a good season in San Jose, enough that Tampa wanted him, and according to CJ, the Leafs wanted him. So naturally, Tampa got him. San Jose trades him to Tampa for Nemestikov. The Jets pay a mid-round pick for Nemestikov. So they could have just paid... Uh, not paid. They could have just kept uh, Eastman for free. <laughs> there you go. Okay. All right. Now I, I want to say this: the Winnipeg Jets. Trying to shut off the TV here. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets uh, uh, took. You know, their lead extended last night, and they didn't do anything. Um, the Calgary Flames lost to Toronto two to one, and you know Winnipeg now has a game in hand on Calgary, and they're five points up. How comfortable? I mean, the Jets. To me, the Jets are a sneaky team. No one's talking about the Jets, but they're in the playoffs this year. And they should be talked about perhaps more. Um, they're a tough out. Connor Hellebuck is Connor Hellebuck. Won the Vezina Trophy a few years ago. Still one of the league's best. I think they're a better playoff team than a regular season team. Are they, are they comfortable right now with their lead against Calgary? Or do you think, when do you start to feel like, okay, we're running away with the eight seed? Well, here's how doomed the Calgary Flames are, uh, to, to put it in perspective. The Jets are 4-5-1 and one over the last 10 games. That's the Jets fumbling the bag. Over the last 10 games, the Flames are 3-4-3. and Dude, how do you fumble that? Like, like you have the perfect opportunity here, and they're five points back of the Jets. That's a great opportunity to make up uh, uh, space. They haven't done it. Uh, The Avalanche are coming on really strong, so it's going to be difficult for the Jets to get back up into that top three, but Minnesota... Dallas is loading up. I mean, I mean, the Jets at this point just have to make the playoffs. Yeah. Right? Um, and it looks like they're going to. So you got to act like a playoff team. And mm-hmm. you got to add. Um, it'd be nice to see them add a little bit more because don't get too hung up on who's, who's finishing where. You know, who's finishing first in their division or in one of the top division spots. It's, it's a conference that's ready for the taking, man. Would kind of like to see uh, a rematch of the uh, Western Conference Final from, I believe, 2017 or 2018. Whatever Vegas' first year was. Vegas, Winnipeg, round one. Would love to see that. And right now, it, they are a point away from that happening. And, well, right now... If, it, if they were to start today. Yeah. Right now, the matchup they got <clears throat> is Dallas who have the same amount of wins in the last 10 games as Winnipeg does, four. So I'm telling you, man, load up. I think this team is worth investing in. They haven't been very good recently, but if they just, you get, you got over a month to get it back on track. I, I, honestly, thinking about our season preview episodes, guys, it's amazing that the Winnipeg Jets are here. They were such a oh, mess yeah. in the offseason. They were a mess. Like, we were talking about them blowing up the entire core of this team and, like, sending out Shifley somewhere, and you gotta maybe trade Blake Wheeler, who scores goals at will, you know? And then now you see where they are, where they're probably gonna most likely make the playoffs. I forget the stat that they had on the broadcast from the Leafs game last night, but the Flames are have to go, like, 
14 and six. It's something like to that. To make the it's not 95 point threshold that they think is going to be the playoff is probably not going to happen. The Winnipeg Jets kind of have a playoff spot secured. And once they get in, they're going to be very dangerous, as you guys said. Yeah, no, it's it's simply not happening. Uh, Edmonton is going to be tough to capture on the on the top wild card. But again, just just get in. Mm-hmm. Just get in. You have Connor Hellebuck. You could steal a series. Just get in. Let oh, yeah. it take care of itself. Rick Boness d- deserves a ton of credit. And by the way, if it does end up being a Jets stars first round series, what a story that oh, is. Yep. Yeah. That he gets to take on his former team. So either way, it's going to be great. Yes. Either way. There are some amazing potential uh, um, storyline matchups. Uh, and that, by the way, has nothing to do with the playoff seating and the seating system, <laughs> which producer Drew is a thousand percent wrong about. Um, it, they just happen to be this year lining up storyline wise, and I think it's going to be fantastic. So that's uh, that's I think that's all we need to say on the Winnipeg Jets right now. Right now. OK, so listen, at the time of this recording, we're just a little bit before trade deadline. There's enough time for Kyle Dubas to do something, even if it's small. Normally he does. Yes. But I want to know your wish list. If we're watching this video after the trade de- deadline's finished, if there's one thing that you hope gets done, Jesse, Steve, what are we hoping for? Well, we saw the blender big time in Calgary. You need a left winger. Uh, if is, you is, now, if Matthew Nye signs, you get three games of him basically before the playoffs. People are going to say, Matthew Nye's. Matthew's Matthew Nye's first home game uh, is going to be a playoff game then. Because if they get him after they win a national championship, which I don't know, we should be rooting for him to do even though if he loses, he can join the Leafs sooner. But it, if they win the national championship, the Leafs' final three games of the season, who the hell at league office came up with this? Leafs' final three games of the season, all on the road, three games in four nights, three different cities. Oh, my God. And that'll be his introduction to the NHL. One of those games is against the Lightning, by the way. Another oh. is against the Panthers, and that could decide whether or not they go in the playoffs. And I think the other is the Sens. Same deal. And then game one, possibly in Tampa is your NHL debut. And that might not even be at home. That's not guaranteed yet either. Exactly. Like, so I don't know if you put a player in that position. And if you do put a player in that position, I don't know how you can expect it to go well. Like it might, but like that, that is a lot. Like even Cole Caulfield got 10 games of runway, which wasn't very much, but it was something. And he was good. And he was good. Right, he was extremely good, and also Matthew Nyes does not quite have the pedigree that Caulfield does coming out of college. Now there, it's high, but like Caulfield, they were talking about is like one of the best college scorers ever. To clarify your point, though, okay, and and I know Jesse's got a different answer to this too, but I want to, I want to. You say left I got wing, the same answer. They you need exactly. a left wing. Yeah. Okay, they, oh, is that your same answer? Left wing, like, but you... what kind of left wing, guys? Because it's like there's plenty of left wings available, but are are we talking a top six? Are we talking a bottom? What do they need? I like the idea. I've always been on the bandwagon that uh, Ryan O'Reilly should be your third line center. And if, sure. you, if Ryan O'Reilly is your third line center, you need another winger. Just, his, to, fill, just to fill the spot. You need another body. If, and, if Ryan O'Reilly is your third line left winger, his two choices are Kelly Arncroke and Alex Kerfoot. Probably Kerfoot. Third line center. Yes. yes. Sorry. If he is your third line center, yeah, yeah. You're, you're looking at either Yarncroke or Kerfoot, probably Kerfoot. Right. And I think we, there could be an upgrade. Yeah. I don't have the names like off the top of my head. Steve, do you? His right winger last night was Lafferty. Um, out there, I mean, I've tried to talk myself into JVR making sense 
No. It doesn't. Um, he doesn't have the mobility, and also you wouldn't play him with O'Reilly. Oh, okay, so playing with Tavares. Oh, okay, so you're taking mobility off of that line as well. It's just going to be Mitch Marner, just like a dolphin uh, swimming around a uh, tanker. Like it's just it's it's going to look ridiculous, and I and I just don't see it working. Do you put him on the top line? I don't really think that makes sense. What I want is for the Leafs to think outside of the box, and I think they are though. Um, uh, I, I take pause in the things that didn't happen, right? So the Leafs wanted Ismont from, uh, the Sharks, according to CJ, that didn't happen. And another guy that CJ said the Leafs were in on was Tyler Bertuzzi. So we're talking about a, uh, four checking hard nosed, uh, guy who has an ability to score. I know Bertuzzi hasn't scored very much this year and neither has Ismont. Um, but they do those other. But then we things. know they can't. XG gods, expected goal gods. No, so the, the names that are out there. I mean, one team that really needs to shit or get off the pot is the Calgary Flames. And I saw a few people on Leafs Twitter last night saying, "Listen, can Tyler Toffoli just change dressing rooms?" <laughs> oh, he'd be a great ad. It would. I don't be know great. how you make that work. Well, that's the problem, right? You'd you'd have to shed money off your roster and. They can do that. They've got Kerfoot and Hall salaries that could could easily taking away from taking Kerfoot out fills a hole or it creates a hole. Creates right? a hole. Like so, now we've reached the point where I know some Leaf fans still want to get rid of him. We've reached the point where I don't know if that makes sense anymore. Hall could make some sense because you just have so many guys. You're gonna break Sheldon Keith's heart if you do that. Yeah. Well. Good. <laughs> Knock it off. Jesse, if there's an archetype left wing, if you could, like, you know, just name a name, somebody that, yeah. you, that you really like, but, you know, not necessarily specifically the least, but the, this type of player, what's the player? I don't know. I'm looking at the trade board of, like, wingers available, and, like, you see a name like Connor Garland. Too much money. Too, too much, much money. Too much term. You know, three also, years, five million right dollars. Too. Yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a right winger. I'm just looking at wingers, because once you have the winger, you can yeah. mess things around in the lineup. Jordan Greenway is out there. Three million dollars. Two years, Minnesota. I don't know how much Minnesota can retain with their cap situation, like how that would work. And they if, have one more slot. If sending out Justin Hall gets uh, you under the cap, there's an interesting name right there. A left winger, Jordan Greenway, who can play probably top six, even if it's the third line, then you bump up one of those wingers to play with Tavares and Marner or Nylander, whatever that line's going to be. Um, that's another name that's out there. It's pretty light. It, it is light. It's light. So you have to go to a team that maybe doesn't think it's selling or hadn't considered this trade offer and it's too good to pass, and then you're paying a lot. To, to entertain the, the Greenway conversation, in 45 games, he has two goals, five assists for seven points. Oof. But his last three seasons before that, none of which he played over 70 games, by the way, 27 points, 32 points, 28 points, and even before that, he had 24 points. So let's play my favorite game. Did he forget how to play hockey? And the answer to that question, whenever I ask it, is almost always no. It's circumstantial. So if he is able to play on a third line with Ryan O'Reilly and staple you into the boards, or if he is able to go into the corner and fish pucks out for JT and either Marner or Willie, that'd be something I'd like. Or, you know, could he, would he be an improvement on Zach Aston Reese? Or is it just another option? But he makes so much money. Yeah. It's, is the, the market's sparse? Is Philip Zadina somebody? 
Like, is that a name yeah. that could fit? Like, that's gonna be that's that ain't gonna be cheap though. That's gonna cost you like one of your prospects, right? And maybe that first extra first round pick. That's not too bad. Ooh, for Philip Zadina though. Like, what is he? Is he worth that anymore? We don't know. Right. We, we don't know. know. He was just uh, down for a conditioning stint, right? Yeah. And then he came back after after injury. He's been on a conditioning stint since he was drafted. So, yeah. <laughs> so I want to ask. I, know, man. I want to just ask. This <laughs> is a big picture thing. And remember, when you're watching this video, this all happened before the trade deadline at three o'clock. So we don't know yeah. what you probably do watching it. But if the Leafs do not make another trade. Do you feel better, worse, or the same about the Sandine trade where they got a first round pick and Gustafson back? Because that I, first rounder, a lot of people are saying, like, listen, why'd you get it? I Austin, hope they move Gustafson. The, I, hope, they move I hope they move him. Keeping Gustafson to me doesn't make any sense. Yeah. The first rounder, I mean, you don't get rid of it for the sake of it. If there's not a trade out there, I, I don't think you do it. Um, you know, you, you can ref- always trade down and get two seconds. Yeah, exactly. And we all know Dubas loves to do that. Um, you know, we referenced Tampa going out and get like, uh, getting like a, a, a Barkley Goodrow and paying an enormous price for Tanner Janot, but they didn't do that to just do it. They didn't do that because, well, we have this window. They, those are two guys who ended up, well, Goudreau at very least we know was an extremely good fit. Useful. And, and Tanner Janot, we all went, oh, that's too much. Oh, it's Tampa. Right, so I I don't think you do it for the sake of it, um, but it is uh, burning a hole in their pocket. Okay, all right, so we'll see how this goes. Toronto Maple Leafs, you know, uh, one of the undeniable winners of trade deadline already. We'll see if they've got one more trade in them in the next hour or so here on SDP and trade deadline. If there's a way to describe Pittsburgh Penguins fan base, like the, the fan base going into this deadline, especially going into today, it's antsy. You know, they I was going to say a bunch of cuties. Well, they normally, though, there's Penguins fans are pretty confident and they have been for the last 20 years. And why wouldn't you be? You have Crosby, Malkin and Latang, Right. Um, but I think I think this time they're like, hey, everybody else is loading up, but we haven't done anything. And today, all of a sudden, we've got something. They were in on JT Miller. That's probably not going to happen. No. But they do get Nick Benino back for the vibes. And more recently uh, then this is the trade we're going to break down. Dmitry Kulikov for Brock McGinn. Brock McGinn actually had uh, cleared waivers earlier this week, so is a variable deal if they need to. But what does Dmitry Kulikov do to the Pittsburgh Penguins? And keep in mind, they're probably going to play Boston or Carolina. Yeah, so here's the thing. There are a lot of charts uh, floating around. This th- this day is the worst for this. Uh, mm. Charts f- float around, and you need to know how to feel about a player. And you got to look at the thing, and you go, this is how I feel. This piece of paper is exactly how I feel. And that's just not how it works. Well, Kulikov has horrible defensive metrics this, uh, this year. Yeah, he's on the Ducks. They all, they dude, go look at all of them. They all have horrible metrics. That team sucks. Mm. Now, do they suck because of Kulikov? I mean, it's a team sport. So I think it's a collective suckage of the organization. But when he's been on good to decent teams and on playoff teams, he's been a serviceable depth guy. This isn't a deal uh, worth getting worked up about. It doesn't make the Penguins worse. And actually, the fact that they were able to get uh, Brock McGinn off the books, a guy who... million dollars. Right? uh, For 10 goals and 16 points. I like the 10 goals. I don't love the 16 points. Um, For a team that, you know, has sort of been up against it in terms of money, that's a decent little exchange uh, for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And it didn't cost you much to do it. I think it was a it was a third round pick along mm-hmm. with McGinn. 
That's good. Like to even get a player you can use along with the them. problem is is you know and and i think you know jesse marshall of the athletic who we love Boom! um has has said like what where who does he supplant in that lineup whoever's hurt that day okay so that's that's the type of player that this is i yeah. think so i think so he, he probably gets a few games in there maybe play second half of back-to-backs or first half of back-to-backs um i i think I think that's what this this time of year is for. You get ready for the playoffs. You, you rest guys up. He's the sort of player who can help provide stops, help wa- uh, grind down the other team uh, heading into the playoffs. And again, you needed to get out from under that contract anyway. The McGinn one, um, I think he killed two birds with one stone here. Yeah, I think when you look at this, you're like, oh, that's a tidy piece of work. You know, you you get out a body of a contract that you weren't you weren't happy with that you were that was just like an expense on your on your bottom line, and then you bring in somebody who's going to be useful going down the stretch because you always need fresh bodies who can come in and play kind of in the bottom half of your lineup. It's one thirty seven p.m. Like we're having this conversation now. I I don't know what it's going to be like in an hour and a half, two hours, but it feels like we were we judged the Penguins too quickly. You know, uh, they did miss out on all the big fish. Like, we, we can't deny yeah. that. They missed out on all the big fish. But over the last 24 hours, Granlund, Benino, uh, Kulikov moving out. System guys. From under. Yeah, like, I, I honestly, guys, uh, you know, I know Penguins fans are antsy. I don't hate what they're doing. Um, so I'm excited to see the sum of their work. Because maybe by the end of this, we look at it and we go, yeah, it's not really enough. I- but it's adding up. I don't know if they can fit it under the cap, but I'm waiting for the John Klingberg deal, and I wonder if Pittsburgh is a destination. And I wonder if you can yeah. double retain through uh, uh, Montreal. Yeah, that's the that's the talk today. Is Montreal that has that. that space, and they're just waiting to take on some salary. And they haven't. They haven't. And Arizona literally can't. <laughs> They've used up three slots. I think Minnesota only has one that, left. By the way. They're upset. Oh yeah, yeah. They, they can't spend any more money. You know, no, the, Montreal's the Coyotes' right favorite thing. Montreal's waiting for their fourth or third round pick to take on their money. Yeah, and you might say, "Well, we have Latang." What? I mean, Latang could use some rest, man. Yeah. Like that—that wouldn't—that wouldn't be the worst decision. You also have you. a second pairing <laughs> where yeah. somebody can play. <laughs> yeah, just get better. Just keep yeah. getting better, and you'll be better. Pittsburgh in-depth analysis. Yeah, Pittsburgh seems to have a system, and they know the guys that work within this system. Hence, they're re, you know reuniting with um, uh, 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 with um, Benino, and then of course this. So we'll see where it takes them. But at the end of the day, Pittsburgh Penguins way less fun to play against than they yep. were a day ago. All right, so we've got two trades involving the Minnesota Wild. We'll start with the one that started first. They traded uh, Jordan Greenway. A no salary retained for as far as we know to the Buffalo Sabres, who are on a bit of a skid, but they're in it for the trade deadline. Uh sorry, they're in it for the playoffs. And, and they bought a little bit for the trade deadline, which is nice. Uh Jordan Greenway going to uh going from Minnesota to Buffalo. We actually mentioned him in one of our uh our past videos as like a useful depth player. What are the Sabres getting and why this guy? Yes, yeah, so what what I said in the previous video, if you didn't watch it, is Greenway is a guy who's consistently gotten in the late 20s, early 30s for points uh, in a season as a depth guy. Now, this season, he's only had two goals and five assists for seven points. So the question I always ask is, did he forget how to play hockey? And the answer is almost always no. Mm-hmm. So I kind of think uh, Greenway would be a uh, a, a good, um, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a, a project mm-hmm. uh, for the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, Justin Fisher over here pointing out that Don Granato, the head coach of the Buffalo Sabres, 
was Greenway's coach on the uh, under eighteen team, mm-hmm. um, which which is really big. They uh, they get bigger. And he's a huge forward um, in a division. And that Buffalo's big, loading up and yeah. well, and they like to be. And also, this is a reward for the team in terms of this year's playoff race, and it's something that helps the team in the years that follow. So there's no salary retained. It's a second and a fifth. So they really believe in this player. Um, Minnesota acquiring some more picks, but he signed for 3 million bucks next year and the year after as well. So I was looking at the Eastern playoff picture and it depends how you look at the standings. Okay. So the Islanders are in the final playoff spot in the East. They have 70 points. The Sabres are four points behind them at 66. That's not very good, right? I don't like that math, except the Islanders have played 64 games. The Sabres have only played 60. And in terms of point percentage, the Sabres actually hold the second wild card spot in the East. That's not how it's counted. Yes. Am I, am I wrong in saying the Sabres are, I think, something close to five and five in their last two games? You're last very, you're exactly. Uh, they are five and five in their last two games. The Islanders are four, three, and three. So that gives the Islanders. I believe more points over their last 10, even though they have fewer wins. Thanks, Gary. Um, and Ottawa is a huge wild card here because um, they're tied with Buffalo, but they've played more games, but they're 7 2 and 1 in their last 10. I don't think you have to worry about Detroit anymore, Washington selling. It sounds like Florida's selling, but none of that has actually happened yet. So Buffalo needs to win some games here. Right. And Jordan Greenway helps them do that. They're going to be harder to play against, bigger, meatier. And I wouldn't be surprised to see his scoring touch go up. He didn't forget how to play hockey. Okay. All right. Now, Minnesota makes another trade. Oscar Sundquist in Jordan Greenway out. Now, Jordan Greenway, I think, is making three and a half million. Uh, Oscar Sundquist making three, three, sorry, three million. Uh, Oscar Sundquist making about the same 2.8 million. It seems like the Wild just wanted to get Oscar Sundquist. Well, yeah. and for good reason. You know, it's funny. I was I was saying he's uh, he's one of those types of players who just everyone seems to want. Um, you know, he's always in every conversation, but he's never like a star. He's rarely a top six guy. But recently, uh, with a club that has had a lot of drama around them recently, the St. Louis Blues, uh, Craig Berube was lamenting the Blues, I think it was their third line of, I want to say it was Barbashev, Sunquist, and I can't remember the third piece, but they're all gone. And he talked about how big of a part of the Blues 2019 Stanley Cup win that was. So the Wild are doing some savvy work here. They're, they're acquiring more picks than they're giving up, but they're also still buying. So Bill Guerin... I, I'm very interested to see what the sum of his, the parts is at the end of the trade deadline. I want to see if he gets more draft picks than he gave up, because I think the answer is probably going to be yes. But weirdly, at the end of it, I think we're going to look at the Wild and go, they're also better. Right. He's not having a bad deadline. No, he's not. And they are right in it. I mean, that's, this is, the West is wide open. This is actually the perfect time, time for them to have the cap penalties that they have because they could still be in yeah. it. Big it's, time. Well, you know, I talked about how they could fall out of the playoff picture or win the division mm. last week, and they've actually moved up since I said <laughs> that. They're second uh, in the Central. They're only three points back of the Minnesota Wild, but there's Colorado there, just like a freight train. The Wild are 7-1-2 and two in their last 10. They've won three straight. Yep. 
You got it. You so got to give him something. Division. Yeah, and like looking at this trade, I can't help but also think about Stevie Eiserman planting his flag in the sand and being like, "I know what we are. We are selling this year. We do not have enough to challenge for that those bottom two spots in the East." Like he he knows like I need to stick to the plan and get the assets for these guys, and that's what he's doing. And our conversation upstairs changed completely with this trade. So I talked about how it's a thirty-two team league, and there are three teams in the NHL who we don't know what they are. Like everyone is either a buyer or a seller. Then there's the Buffalo Sabres who are sort of in no man's land. No, they're not. We know Mm -hmm. they're a buyer. Uh, There's the Florida Panthers who are in no man's land. No, they're not. They're a seller. At least they're trying to be. They haven't done it yet. They've they've waited a little too long to be a seller. Well, we'll see. We we have another hour left. And then out West, and this will be a topic for another video, thoroughly, completely boned the Calgary Flames. Okay. Yeah. Trade deadline winners and losers. It was sort of a quiet day of, but the lead up was absolutely not. So we're not talking about trade deadline day here. We're talking about the the couple of weeks of madness that led up to this. Like a month. And um, we got winners and we got losers. And Steve and Jesse were arguing about whether or not you should be able to pick more than one winner and more than one loser. <laughs> I wanted to pick more than one. Let it be known. I think we're just trying to keep the segment clean. So yeah. pick a winner. Fart. Yeah. And somebody's um, somebody's got to be at the top. Absolutely. Somebody's actually got to win the winners. Okay, so Jesse, who's your pick? For the winners? Yeah. This Who do you the, think? The easiest question you've ever asked me. The New York Rangers, everybody. Of They've course. created, I don't know, 2018 Golden State Warriors of hockey? It, it Whoa! Is, <laughs> it's it's Whoa! absurd what they've been able to do. Getting Tarasenko, getting Patrick Kane. It's, it's so, it's... Didn't Golden State win before that? Yeah, it so feels like when a they added 19 Drury. Golden State Warriors because they're injured, though. This is the problem. It's true, but <laughs> I don't know. Chris Drury's in a position where it's just go for it time, and he's he's done the most to go for it. Like um, the Patrick Kane trade, where you have Chicago just like you they he's coming here no matter what. Like we can get whatever we want Pace. for him, Pace. and they did it, and they got it done. After there was that little stretch after the Tarasenko deal where Patrick Kane was dejected and didn't think he was going there. The fact that they came back and they got it done, like kudos to Drury for doing that. And then we go back to the Tarasenko deal originally, which came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody really expected it when it initially happened. I was surprised. Oh yeah, it caught everybody kind of off guard, and it was it was smart thinking to bolster that right side of the lineup, which was the only weak part of their four group and now you look at them and they also threw in tyler mott and you say how is anybody going to beat these guys in the playoffs the 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 tarasenko and kane uh trades are obviously the ones going to take up the most oxygen but tyler mott in the playoffs is a guy that knows the new york rangers system Mm -hmm. valuable valuable catch oh yeah and i mean like if you had told me the day that i think if you had told patrick kane the day that uh the rangers got tarasenko that they'd be getting kane too I think every Rangers fan would be tap dancing. Oh, yeah. yeah. And just wait till they're able to ice a full lineup. <laughs> Mikola uh, on the back end, too. Underrated piece of the, the deal yeah. when he came over. And <laughs> so much focus all season long has been on the four group and how amazing they are now and how the defense and like Adam Fox is always Adam Fox and Truba's taking people's heads off and Keandre Miller stepped up and taken uh, another step this season. They also have Igor Shosturkin. No, we all forget Igor Shosturkin is also Bad. in net for this team. And mid. 
I'm you know, team underperforms in the playoffs. Who cares? More you have like, Igor back there. More like the Midzina. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think the clear winner of this entire season so far and of the trade deadline Whoever is the new wins the cup. York yeah. <laughs> Rangers. Igor Midsturkin. All right, Steve, who's your winner? You guys might be shocked by this. I'm going to say the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, and that's because they greatly exceeded my expectations. Uh, what because, were your expectations to be clear? Well, we were talking about a like a Lafferty McCabe deal and like maybe something smaller, right? We were talking about one or the other with a uh, forward and a defender, and we were trying to talk ourselves into a situation where they could go out and get like maybe a Patrick Kane and Jake McCabe or something like that. And then they blow us out of the water with a Ryan O'Reilly trade out of nowhere. They go out and they get Ryan O'Reilly and Nola Chari who's been uh, just a wonderful fit for the Leafs, the both of them. And then, what a surprise, uh, like a week later, they go out and do the deal that we thought they were going to do the entire time with Lafferty and McCabe. They get um, Achari and O'Reilly as pure rentals, mm -hmm. greatly improving their forward group. They get Lafferty and McCabe as guys who are going to be part of their team going forward. Lafferty for next year, McCabe for the next two years, at 50% retained as well, which is ridiculous. And then they had a three trade day. Not a huge fan of losing Sandine, but you do have a first round pick you can play with. I guess you're going to have to play with it at the draft on account of you can't use it right now. You shed cap and Pierre Engvall in terms of a roster player. That's not an enormous loss. And I'm not fitting Sandine into there because he wasn't going to be a roster player. Um, and then getting Luke Shen, it improves the team, but the vibes are absolutely immaculate. Well, for you know, just the nostalgia factor of Luke Shen is cool enough. But I have to tell you, against Calgary last night, it was nice to see a Maple Leafs defenseman making somebody pay for crashing the crease. He hit Nazem Kadri. That was hilarious. Yeah, but but there was like he, you know after that the whistle goes, he's he's cross checking, he's punching, whatever. And you and as Leaf fans, we've complained for years. Hey, those cross checks were illegal. But they never get called. Yeah. No, might as so well get a guy who doesn't. Exactly. Yeah, so exactly. I know you might roll your eyes, oh, Steve picking the Leafs. You got to admit, I don't think anyone saw them adding this much. Uh, I got to say, for me, the clear winner here is Boston. Um, they are already <laughs> historically good. But, but Steve, when we talked about on the podcast, and I think some people get this and some people don't because they may have missed this particular segment, you said... Boss is going to go out and get somebody named like, I don't know, Ross Boston. <laughs> Explain what a Ross Boston is before I tell you why Boston's the winner. A big belligerent pain in the ass who has an ability to score and cave your shit in. And they got three of those. They got Tyler Bertuzzi, Garnet Hathaway, and Dimitri Orlov. I, I saw a tweet on uh, about uh, Hathaway and Marchand at practice, just cheap shotting each other, like uh, like jokingly, licking each other, spitting on each uh -huh. other. They are they're they're shitty guys to play against. They yeah. suck. Yeah. Orlov was playing twenty two minutes a night in uh, in Washington, and I think this will go into the losers category. But they almost had Kulikov. <laughs> Orlov is worlds better than that guy. Worlds better, and he's going to add to their top three, which already was Gavrikov, really good. I think Sorry, Gavrikov. Yeah. Who did I say Kulikov? They might have been in on Kulikov as well. No, Gavrikov is what I meant. The 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 Orlov, adding him to your top three, top four is spectacular. Yeah, spectacular. really, really good. They always get that. You know what? I say this about Boston every freaking year. They go out and they get the guy, the guy for them, Rick Nash. And Remember that Rick Nash, Charlie Coyle. Charlie Coyle's still there. They acquired uh, two huge pieces from a team we didn't even know was a seller until it happened. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay, 
Let's go around the room with your trade deadline losers. Jesse Blake. Based on points percentage, who is the number one team in the Western Conference? No, uh, Dallas? The Vegas Golden Knights. Still. The Vegas Golden Knights over this trade deadline period acquired Ivan Barbashev, Teddy Bluger, and Jonathan Quick Wait, 50% retained. You mispronounced it. Teddy Bluger! <laughs> <laughs> From Riga, Latvia! Thank what a you. name. You what know, it's not his real name. What's his real name? Teodor Splugers. Actually? Actually? Yeah, he's from Latvia. So you call him Teddy Bluger yeah. because that's the anglicized version? The whole thing started because he scored a goal against the Leafs, and I'm like, and his name's Teddy Bluger. He sounds like he could be quarterback for the Steelers. And I looked up where he was born, expecting him to be born in, like, the most American place, like some city I've never heard of. Allegheny in, County. In, yeah. In, like, some place in Vermont I've yeah. never heard of. And he's from Riga. <laughs> wow. <laughs> because he changed his name. Because no one could pronounce his name. So he's like, Teodor's Bluesers. They're like... You're Teddy Bluger now. And he's like, sure. Okay. <laughs> Adam Wilde, what is a brand? A brand? Yes. It's a promise Latvian. continually kept. The Vegas Golden Knights promised us every year that they would go out and get the big fish, that they would make a splash, that they would trade all of their futures for something to make them great and go for the Stanley Cup every single season. And I'm more disappointed than saying that they lost this trade deadline. I'm disappointed in the Vegas Golden Knights for not going out and doing something more interesting than Barbershop, Bluger, and Quick. Especially I thought with Mark Stone down. I thought when Mark Stone went out and hit up LTIR that it would open it up and that Vegas would be in on Timo Meyer, um, I don't know, Tarasenko, any of the big fish that are out there. I thought Besser, like they'd go out and just steal somebody and it'd be very unexpected. And they did none of that. Is and the Quick a, trade purely for trolling like it's just just a really expensive meme right i think they just want extra goaltending help from a guy who hasn't been good all year long he's an 876 but these two might run into each other are they hoping for a goalie just purely powered by hate i don't know i don't get it and i i was hoping that there would be a big splash from the golden knights i'm gonna say that they lost this trade deadline by not making a big splash and not committing to their brand i hate to say this about a guy that's done so much in the NHL. But Jonathan Quick is not NHL caliber anymore. No. His numbers prove that. I don't know why they... That is a... It's a it's a head-scratching trade. I, I get why Columbus did it because the salary thing and whatever. But Vegas didn't have to do that. Yeah. Did well, you just do it to fuck with the Kings? Like, what, what, what was the <laughs> That's point? what Steve is suggesting. Be. Yeah. Like, it must be the only... And, and Quick does run hot. Yeah. All they did... All they, they, they swapped... Michael Hutchinson was the extra goalie in their organization, and he, right? And he's what? So... Fine. Better than. Oh, better than Quick. Yeah. So they swapped. At this point in his career. They swapped Michael Hutchison for Jonathan Quick. They, th they said, oh, this will be a better to have. And then they threw in the 2025 uh, 7th. I don't know. I expected big things from Vegas and they didn't deliver big things. Steve, who's, who's your, your trade deadline loser? Trade deadline loser. You know, I was talking about them before we saw their final trade because mm -hmm. they were a team that did nothing. They weren't a buyer. They, were a, they weren't a seller. They were just mid. And then they did make a trade that was, made them even more mid. Um, <laughs> it was uh, the Calgary Flames. Um, they've had a disaster week, a disaster couple weeks where, um, I mean, the vibes are awful, by the way, starting with the coach. Um, Blake Coleman looked absolutely miserable after the loss to the Leafs yesterday. Julian McKenzie, by the way, asking a great question what in the say? scrum. Um, it was basically, <clears throat> are you sick of it? 
followed by an extremely pregnant pause and a Blake Coleman that seemed to be out of answers. And then they go out and they do what? Like, I think they're in prime position to uh, sell right now. They're five points out of a spot, games in hand. It's, it's, a, it's a problem. And they go out and they get Troy Stetcher, mm-hmm. who I don't think makes their lineup, and, <laughs> and Nick Bobby. Ritchie, oh. which is kind of cool because then he can play with his brother. Oh, no, he can't because his brother's involved in the deal going back the other way. <clears throat> Brett bl- Ritchie. <laughs> what did I say? No, 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 no. I'm saying who, say what his name is. Brett Ritchie. Yeah. Sorry, I was like, did I get his name no, wrong? No, 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 you got it. You didn't say it. <laughs> and uh, there was another player going back the other way. Uh, Connor McKay. Connor McKee. McKay. So McKee, I, I don't know. Like what? I'm sorry. What, what does Bobby team? McMahon bring to the Calgary Flames? Because well, he was also traded to the Calgary Flames. Bobby, I McMahon. don't think so. No, no, what, no. Who, who did the Leafs trade? Dryden the Hunt. Dryden Hunt. <laughs> yeah. Ah! You get them mixed up, but one is much better than the other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What does Dryden Hunt bring to the Flames organization? I like him. He's a he's a he can hustle. He's a grunt, but he's gonna be a grunt for the Wranglers. So this, yeah, he's not playing on the Flames. The Calgary yeah. Flames are are to me textbook. Uh, ownership to management uh, discord. And what I mean by that is if the rumors are to be believed, uh, the coach is not the GM's coach. He's the owner's coach. And the GM, Brad Tree Living, has been there like almost a decade, is on the last year of his deal. So he's a lame duck general manager. So as an owner, if you don't have him signed up and you're not thrilled with how the season went, even though he pulled fucking miracles off last summer, uh, replacing Gaudreau and Kachuk, you're probably like, well, I probably don't want to bring him back anyway. And so how many trades am I going to let him make? And so then, but the problem is that Calgary missed an opportunity, Steve. And I think, and this is where you were going with this, to sell. To sell. I mean, or you could have bought sooner. You could have bought when this was starting to go off the rails about a month ago. Because, I mean, the Jets, who are also sort of not doing so well recently, they've gone four, five, and one over their last 10. And the Calgary Flames have made up exactly zero points. They have the exact same amount of points over their last 10, except they have fewer wins. They've just found ways to lose in overtime in the shootout more. Like, they might still end up making it. I don't really expect mm-hmm. them to do it. It's the been math off. doesn't math. It's been, no, it doesn't. No. It's, it's, it's also patently an obvious. an extra game than the Jets as well. Yeah. It's obvious what's wrong with the Flames. They need to score goals. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the bottom three teams uh, in terms of the playoff picture in the West. They're all Canadian. Mm-hmm. Edmonton Oilers, 74 points, plus 31 goal differential. Winnipeg Jets, 72 points, plus 22 goal differential. Calgary Flames, 67 points, plus one. I know who my money's on. Okay, my last, uh, the the last loser of the trade deadline. And don't worry, there's more than three. But uh, for me, it has to be the aimless, listless, pointless, what are you, Philadelphia Flyers. Oh my God. This franchise is unbelievable. Okay, so you traded uh, Patrick Brown for a sixth rounder. Mayor of Brampton. Mayor traded, of Brampton, you traded Patrick Brown. Zach McEwen to the Kings for Brendan Lemieux, who has five assists in 30-something games this year. What are you doing? Uh, Brendan Lemieux, 27 games. He's a minus six, three assists. What? What? Did you get better? Did you get worse? You, you got, you got Anthony D'Angelo's friend. Right. Like, as I understand. And, then, and this is the thing. Like, listen, I, I know that Bre- Brendan Lemieux is known as like a, a tougher player. Is that what the Flyers need to do? They need to get tougher? No, they need to get better. And how do you get better? Well, you get a better spot in the draft or 
you move some salaries out and you pull some prospects in. They did neither of those things. How does this team have no second round picks and one first round pick? They've no they've not they don't even have a second round pick next year. No. Like, next two years. How? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And that's this is the thing. Like Eric Lindros was on our show uh the, the earlier this week. It's hard to believe. It feels like weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And he said it's gotta be from the organization top down. What's Chuck? Where is Chuck? What are you doing? The only thing. Where are you? What are you doing? The only thing I'll defend about the Lemieux deal is they got a fifth in it. Well, that's cool. That'll make up for the seconds they don't have. Woo! That'll make up for all the picks they didn't get for JVR. And that's the other thing. That deal falls apart at the last second. And let me ask you something. Like, why does that deal fall apart? You telling me that whatever Detroit had waiting, because I think they were going to flip JVR. Uh, you couldn't have got that? You didn't get one offer on JVR that was for like a fourth or a fifth? Also, get something. To who? Flip them to who? Pittsburgh? Like, is, is that why you didn't want to make the deal? Like, what, what's going oh, on? It could have been a divisional matchup, yeah. you think? Like, they don't but want to trade it to a That's fine. Who cares? You're not, in not playing them. You're not in it. You're, you're getting it anyway. You're getting the asset. I don't understand that at yeah, all. Yeah, I, no. I, the Flyers, to me... Are it's it's Flyers and Canucks. They're the two teams in this league that I just do not understand. Mm-hmm. And and the Flyers, you if anybody says they do understand, it's because they're Chuck Fletcher. Two teams with meddling ownership. Yeah, that's what it's in a be. season where you are completely rebuilding, where you're not going for it at all, it is inexcusable to come out of the trade deadline with a sixth, a fifth, and Brendan Lemieux, and that's it. Those three assets? Are you kidding me? No, it's, it's bad. Anyway, so listen, those are the trade deadline winners and losers. Here's what we want to know in the compliment section below. Yes. Hit us up with yours. What, your team, how do they do? Are you happy? Are you pissed? Did they not do enough? Like, there's a lot of Leaf fans right now who are not happy. Mm-hmm. We yeah. got all our toys for Christmas and we still want more. Left wing and goalie. That's right. That's right. So, <laughs> listen, to know what you think. Can't please everybody. Well, or, or in the Flyers case, anybody. Or anybody. So the question is, despite all the great moves, did the Toronto Maple Leafs do enough? Okay, so, so we, we had a bunch of trades leading into trade deadline. I think a lot of people, myself included, thought they probably have one more move left in them. They did get a first for Rasmus Sandin. Steve, Jesse, what do you guys think? Is this enough? Well, I mean... It's a lot. Look, it's a lot. Looking at the team, you go, what a great team. It's great. They were great before. They're even better now. What a great team. Can they win around? And you go, sure. Absolutely, they can win around. And then you look at the team who they have to beat to do it. And it's Tampa. And holy crap. <laughs> they got better. They got Tanner Janot for a King's Ransom. We'll see how that works out. And I got to tell you, if it does work out, I don't think Julian Breezebois has ever won GM of the year. He should win it. Well, he should. Well, he has won it twice. The cup. The cup. Stanley yeah. Twice. Yeah. But there is a GM of the Year award. What's it called? Exactly. But the, he's won the Stanley Cup twice, and that's his GM of the Year award. And uh, he went out and uh, got Acemont, who Michael Acemont, who the Leafs supposedly wanted, according to the CJ show. And you would know that if you listen to the Chris Johnston show this week. It's been on fire. So the thing that disappointed me the most um, wasn't actually the goaltending. It was the left wing. Mm. Um, they didn't improve there at all. Unless you call adding Ryan O'Reilly improving that position because it moves John Tavares over. Yeah. I mean, the Ryan O'Reilly 
uh, acquisition does offset that somewhat because of uh, the versatility that it gives the team. Mm -hmm. And Sheldon Keefe, the blender that he used against Calgary was really something to watch. That was a lot of fun. Can you talk about the pairings that, that we saw that we weren't expecting? Well, you can use uh, Bunting, Matthews, Marner, or Nylander. You can use uh, Tavares, O'Reilly, Nylander, or Marner. You can use Yarncroke, Tavares, Nylander, or Marner. You can use O'Reilly with Matthews, who's the center you take your pick, and one of Nylander or Marner. We saw Tavares, Matthews, Marner, which they have used in the past to varying degrees of success. Um, we saw. O'Reilly with, I think O'Reilly might've played with every forward on the team. Uh, seriously. <laughs> so it, it gives them a lot of versatility because you have arguably, arguably three first line centers at worst. You have one first line center and two second line centers. Mm -hmm. And I think that's at the absolute worst. Jesse, you've been on the Ryan O'Reilly on the third line uh, as a centerman because it, you know, the Leafs come at you in waves. Mm -hmm. Would you be comfortable with, Given the success of the third and fourth lines with Noel Achari there, um, Lafferty hasn't been long enough, I don't think, to, to really All make right. that call. Can't really judge. Noel Achari made an immediate impact, scored goals, that sort of thing. Are you okay with Ryan O'Reilly in the second line? And, and then you just go, well, screw it, we're top-loading it, and the third and fourth lines look pretty good anyway. Yeah, because it's not hard and fast. Ryan O'Reilly is second line center all the time. Uh, Sheldon Keefe, that's his thing. Like we, you just mentioned the whole entire Calgary game. He loves throwing the lines in the blender. So I'm fine with if that's, this is the lineup that the Leafs have. Like there's no change in it. If that's the lineup, it's fine because Sheldon Keefe's going to mix it around. And like judging Dubas is, okay, did he do enough? Like I, we need him to exhaust every resource this year because this year there's no excuse. You can't lose again in the first round. So you have to do all that you can do at this trade deadline and look at it okay so did he do all he can do and it's like we want a goaltender we want a left winger what who's out there yeah can they get it and, and it was you, a pretty thin list i'm trying to run down the list of the guys who are traded today and oh, there's no oh. no never mind sorry i thought i saw a breaking trade i'm wrong i'm wrong keep going and oh, there's no you. <laughs> there's not the name there is not the there's names. not like all the goaltenders out there there's not a goaltender i'd be like he should have done maybe corpusalo he should have done but you know who we forgot about in our winners and losers video who's that me i'm one of the biggest losers because karel vimelka Ah, did not get moved to anybody. I forgot about Corral. And he didn't become a Leaf either. The, na the names aren't really out there to fit under the cap. Like he couldn't do Timo Meyer plus Ryan O'Reilly plus all the other trades he did. You know, it wasn't. I think he exhausted everything he could do. And for that, I say, good job, Doofus. Okay, now the question is. What'd you call him? Doofus. 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 Question is goaltending. <laughs> Sammy struggled a bit lately. Obviously, he was a little bit sick. Uh, Matt Murray has played 19 games, which is just under the 20 games he played the previous year. Uh, apparently now, and according to Puck Petey, who just actually DM'd me, uh, the Leafs have $4.85 million of cap space in LTIR. After they activate Murray from LTIR and then assign uh, Joseph Wool to the minors, they'll have about a million dollars in cap space available, which will make uh, signing Matt Nyes possible with three thousand five hundred dollars left on the cap wow which is pretty nuts and their 50th contract slot yes yes so and that's probably you know that's that's probably what they're banking on it's a lot of part people, of what necessitated the engvall deal but let's talk about the goaltending situation first mm -hmm. and then we'll talk about matthew nice duba said at the press conference he said he's completely comfortable with the goaltender specifically he was talking about samsonov mm-hmm 
Um, and he mentioned Joseph Wall in there too. He did. He did. Are you completely comfortable? Here's the problem. Uh, I'm totally comfortable with this team's goaltending for the regular season. They're four guys deep. Mm -hmm. If you don't like Shelgren, three. Samsonov has been more than fine. Better than any of us could have hoped. Uh, honestly, even Murray has been <laughs> better than I think a lot of people hope. And Joseph Wall, I think, is straight up ready. I think he's straight up ready he for looks the good. NHL. Shelgren gave them some good games this year. Uh, I have full faith in the Leafs goaltending for the regular season. It's the playoffs. You're going up against likely Andre Vasilevsky. And let's pretend you beat the Lightning. Then you're probably going up against Linus Ulmark. And, and Jeremy Swayman. And Jeremy Swayman. Who is not. <laughs> in case he gets injured. Yeah. Right? And then, okay, let's say we end up in the Eastern Conference Final. And, oh, hey, Freddie. Or, oh, hey, Igor, Igor Shesterkin. Right? It's in all three of those series, the Leafs have the second best goaltender. Right? And that's. Kind of the most important position. Uh, what's, what's the Jeff Merrick one he always likes to use? Hockey should just be called goalie. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a good one. I like that a lot. Um, <coughs> yeah. Uh, um, if you have a goal, a good goaltender, it's 70% of your game. And if you have a bad goaltender, it's all of it. Duba Something said like at that. his press conference that he had the choice of picking another draft pick or Eric Gustafson. Uh, why did he go depth power play quarterback uh, who didn't look particularly great last night, but it was his first game with the Leafs? Why? Uh oh, you're asking me why? Yeah, why do you think? Uh, because he's got a different idea of what is and isn't a good move than I do. Because I don't think it makes any sense to hold on to Eric Gustafson. Okay. Uh, lastly, Matthew Nice, and I think this needs to be repeated, repeated, repeated. You know, the Leafs clearly, if you're going to pick weaknesses, you probably look at their goaltending and go lack of experience there. You might be a big believer in their goaltending, but you can't deny the last time uh, any roster goaltender for the Leafs got a win in the playoffs, it was 2020. Um, and that was Matt Murray. So that's, that's a little bit like, woo, okay. So then Matt Nye's coming in and playing left wing. There's a couple of things at play here because he's been well-hyped. He's a Toronto prospect. Of course he has. But the other thing is, even if he wins the Frozen Four, which is what we're hoping for, he'd have three games on the road to acclimatize himself with the Leafs. No guarantees the Leafs are even holding home ice advantage for the first few games of the playoffs. So it could be it's looking good. It's looking good, but mm -hmm. if they could lose it to Tampa, Tampa could go on a tear. Yep. Um, and and so then Matt Nyes plays his first five games of his career, three at the end of the regular season, the first two away from home, um, in a you know, and making that jump from the NCAA to the NHL. How reasonable is that to expect of this guy? Yeah. Not incredibly reasonable, but it's maybe a risk that you simply have to take. And consider this: he's not going to be going from house league to the National Hockey League. No, it's NCAA. It's not only NCAA, but the playoffs. And like winner take all playoffs, right? Like Frozen Four is crazy. Right? You're going there and you win. Hooray, glory. And if you lose, GTFO, you lost. It's done. So if anything, he's going to be playing uh, all or nothing games before the Leafs are. So hopefully he can come into the lineup with that attitude. He's got something to prove. So he's got to go directly from winning a championship to proving he belongs to then trying to win a Stanley Cup. Hopefully the Leafs know about enough about this guy that they are confident he'll be shot out of a cannon. I have so little faith in a guy who has the same amount of NHL games as me, you know, and him coming in. And not because he doesn't have the talent to eventually be good. Right. You know what? So does Connor Bedard. Yeah, exactly. No, 
not exactly. <laughs> so You're it, allowed to be a good player who hasn't played in the NHL yet. All I'm saying is we're putting a lot of faith into a guy who's coming into the Toronto Maple Leafs, has never played a National Hockey League game, has never played with this team, has never practiced with this team, and expecting him to step in the lineup, and you're trusting Matthew Nyes over the forwards that you have now. Like, shouldn't the forwards we have now have a shot at, at those positions ahead of Matthew Nyes? They should. Like, taking him and just dropping him into the second line on this team ahead of the Tampa Bay Lightning seems like a really, really tall a- task for this kid. Uh, look, look to our biggest rivals. Uh, P.K. Subban's first NHL games were in the playoffs. He did pretty good for the Habs. And uh, in 2021, a big reason why the Leafs got sunk was Cole Caulfield. So you never know. So you're a believer. I... I I'm, I'm not, I'm a not saying it can't I'm happen. forcing myself to believe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it's a, I'm not saying those scenarios aren't entirely possible. I'm saying it's a lot for a guy who's played zero National Hockey League games. Oh, oh it's impossible now? Great. <laughs> Thanks, Jesse. Good job. If you want to know what you think? Leave your uh, leave your comments. Did the Leafs do enough? Did they do more than enough? Did they overdo it? There are people out there who are like, "Well, they've just messed with the team chemistry." Well, Adam, I know you're trying to end the video perfectly. No. But have you considered Bobby McMahon? The Steve Dangle Podcast. Powered by Sports Interaction. Want to bet? Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.